Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the RV Texas Y'all podcast. I'm Stacy. I'm Tom, and we're RV Texas Y'all. We are native Texans and full-time RVers who are all about exploring the great state of Texas and beyond, one campground at a time. We're on a mission to experience life, not just live it, and we want to bring you along for the fun. Wow, this is episode one. Woohoo! <laughs> this week we're going to talk a little bit about who we are, what we do, how we got here, and a podcast? A podcast. Why a podcast? Who knows? And why now? <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to talk, uh, we're going to share our first Texas tidbit. We're going to talk about BLM land in Texas. What? It does exist. Or does it? All that and more coming up next. So sit back, relax, and join us as we RV Texas, y'all. For today's Texas tidbit, let's answer a question we hear a lot. Why is there no BLM land in Texas? Well, actually there is, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's talk about the BLM. The Bureau of Land Management, or BLM, was created in 1946 to replace the General Land Office of 1812 and the U.S. Grazing Service. The BLM serves as a steward of the land and oversees resource conservation and land and wildlife restoration. At 245 million surface acres and 700 million subsurface mineral acres, the BLM land manages more land than any other government agency in the United States. In the RV and camping world, BLM land is associated with camping, hiking, and outdoor recreation. But public BLM land in Texas? What? Well, by BLM standards, it's barely a dot on the map. You see, back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, as the National Parks and Public Lands Movement took hold, Texas chose to opt out of any federal land ownership programs. Remember, we had not been a part of the Union for very long at that point, and the state wanted to retain control of its land because, as they say, only Texans can decide what to do with Texas land. But in 1931, the U.S. Bureau of Mines purchased 12,000 acres of land north of Amarillo up in the Texas Panhandle. They wanted the land for its underground resources. The 12,000 acres, known as the Crossbar Management Area, were transferred to the BLM during the 1990s for restoration. So yes, with the Crossbar Management Area, Texas does indeed have 12,000 acres of public BLM-owned land. But don't load up your RV and head that way just yet. Currently, the crossbar is co-managed by West Texas A&M University. It's an outdoor classroom for the Wildlife Biologist Program. It's also served as a field school for the Texas State University Anthropology Department as they're part of their study of the Antelope Creek people who called this area home between 1150 and 1450 A.D. Texas crossbar management area is surrounded by private land with very limited access. Aside from the occasional permitted hunt, it is not open to the public yet. 
Volunteers and BLM staff are working to complete restoring the habitat and bringing back native plants and species like the bison. They also need to build roads. There are plans to increase public access for hiking, mountain biking, and horseback riding, and who knows, maybe one day we'll see camping there? This will be an excellent addition to the other public parks near Amarillo, like Paladuro Canyon State Park and Alabetes Flint Quarries National Monument. We'll put a link in the show notes to the official BLM page for the crossbar management area so you can watch for updates along with us. Since this is episode one of the RV Texas Y'all podcast, we thought we'd let you know a little bit about us and how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> we started RVTexasYall.com back in 2013. And back at that time, we had a 23-foot travel trailer. We were part-time RVers. We lived in the suburbs of Houston where we grew up. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, camping got us away from reality kind of like the truth (laughs) and and every time we went camping we just absolutely hated to come back that pack up day was always so tough knowing that you know you were going to be stepping away from paradise basically and back to the everyday grind And so, you know, somewhere along that way, we decided to file a five-year plan in our brains of going full-time. But we could not, uh, we couldn't really find what we were looking for, a lot of the resources that we were looking for online when we were searching for places to go and things to do and things about RV life. We found a little bit here and a little bit there, but we couldn't really find one resource that had everything we were looking for. So that's kind of why we started RVTexasYall.com back in 2013. Yeah, the website was what really started it all for RV Texas Y'all. And and uh, it's been a labor of love for most of that. And <laughs> But the nice thing is when we started it back in 2013, Stacy and I had a, uh, a marketing business, a direct mail marketing business. So we... We just did RV Texas, y'all, on the side then and and had our full-time business that we were running and got away every other weekend or so in the in the camper and just kept adding to the website. But like Stacy said, we decided back in around 2013, around the same time, about a five-year plan to go full-time because, I mean, back in 2013, we met several couples that were full-time and we thought wow would that be cool you know and it's funny because (laughs) the first full-time RVing couple we ever met we actually met them on a cruise believe it or not we didn't know that people we didn't know it was a thing for people to live in their RV full-time and travel and we were standing in line in Galveston to get on a cruise ship and the folks behind us, we struck up, struck up a conversation with them, and they happened to be full-time RVers. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. And they were neat people. And what was crazy is they parked their RV in the uh, the parking lot for the, for the cruise, cruise terminal. Yeah. terminal for 
believe it or not, two weeks. The cruise that we were on with them, it when it came back into port, when we were done, they got to stay on board, and they took it two. They took it a second time. Yeah. So uh, we thought, wow, that's cool, and that did. That was the first time that put it in our mind that. That would be pretty cool to do that. It exactly, and then, but you know, we get busy with life, and and things get pushed aside. And several years later, you know, we kind of resurfaced as we were traveling, and we hated that last day of packing up and and having to leave the campground. And we love to camp in state parks and things like that, for for example. And and you know, a lot of times we'd be leaving on Sunday, and and yet. Sunday nights were so peaceful if you could stay that extra night. And so we started thinking about, okay, what about one of these days maybe selling everything and, you know, moving into the RV full time? And we thought, are we nuts? Can we really do that? Yeah, and with the five-year plan, one reason why it became a five-year plan for us was because our son was going to graduate high school in 2018 so we thought, you know, after he graduated, maybe that was be a good time to sell everything and hit the road. You know, but five years away still almost was a pipe dream. But we thought, you know, as it kept going and we kept working towards it, we thought we could make this reality. And, you know, just a little bit at a time, we worked towards that. But you know what? Before we go more into that, maybe we should back up a little bit more since folks maybe have really know, don't know at all anything about us. Yeah. Our RVing life didn't begin in 2013. Uh, you got to go back a few decades. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1970s, I, well, when I was, I think, 12 years old, my, me and my uh, parents went up to Alaska because my aunt and uncle lived in Alaska. We flew up there, and my uncle rented a truck camper for us all to get in. Now, I had my two cousins, too, and they had two dogs. So imagine there were four adults, <laughs> three kids, and two dogs in a truck camper. <laughs> but we we drove all around Alaska in like 10 or 12 days, and it was phenomenal. I That is a trip that I will never forget. In fact, I can't wait to get back to Alaska Alaska's still on my bucket list, even though I've been twice. We went another time, too, when I was even younger, but we didn't get to RV that time. But RVing Alaska is is just a, a childhood memory I will never forget. I've never been to Alaska. It is definitely on my bucket list um, and definitely to RV, uh, all, you know, all the way up, you know, through Canada and up into Alaska would be awesome. Uh, for me, RVing started when I was about 10 years old back in the 70s, and my aunt actually bought a used Class C motorhome, and she would take me and my brother out to go camping, and and uh, sometimes my parents would come out and join us, and my, my little brother, who was very young at the time, and we had such a phenomenal time with that that it turned into an extended family experience. My parents bought a pop-up camper. My grandparents bought a Chinook, which was a very small motorhome. My aunt and uncle bought a travel trailer and later a fifth wheel. 
And it became an extended family experience for us to go on trips to state parks, Fort Parker State Park in East Texas or Brazos Men State Park near Houston to uh, just spend time together as a family out in the parks and out in nature. Yeah, y'all even had some family property that you would go to every once in a while. We did, and we would all dry camp. You know, it was my great-grandparents' farm, and uh, I'm a sixth-generation Texan, and so we had... uh, some family property that uh, nobody was living on anymore, but uh, we could set up the RVs out there and all just have a great time and reliving memories and making new memories. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, and to us, you know, that's what the RV lifestyle is all about. And, you know, when we say that we're in it to experience life, not just live it, um, we really mean it. That's for sure. That's for sure. So we started the website, rvtexasyall.com, in 2013. We started our five-year plan to become full-time RVers, and in that time, we just kind of kept building up the website. Uh, We had started doing websites as part of our marketing business way back before WordPress was a thing, and so uh, we had built some resource websites, and that's what kind of got in our head about doing that for as an RV resource and a Texas travel guide. Yeah, we did our, we did hosting for a bunch of RV sites, and Stacy built a bunch of sites for other folks, other businesses. So it it was a natural to be able to just do RV Texas, y'all. We already had the server space and all that, um, but you know, and as that kept going, we thought, gosh, how could we promote that a little bit? And so we thought this thing YouTube's, you know, was popping up and. In fact, our son Austin was doing little videos and stuff, <laughs> shooting basketball, the basketball, shooting weird shots and stuff. And, and we, of course, we thought it was kind of crazy back then. But And we had been watching YouTube for a while, and we thought, you know what, why not? You know, why not, even though we weren't full-time RVers, and we were starting to watch some full-time RVing channels back in that time uh, on YouTube, Uh, which was further getting us excited for maybe making that change ourselves. Um, We thought, why not just, you know, start chronicling some of the parks and things that we're going to to let more people know about our website. And and that's kind of how the YouTube channel got started. Yeah, and and it got started, but then soon after it just kind of took off on a life all to its own. And, and, uh, you know, the the web... Or YouTube has has grown to gosh over twenty one thousand subscribers uh, right now, and and we never ever thought it would get to that size. But we we love our community. We've really built built what we feel like is a very solid community. We love the folks out there, and and uh, you know it it's it's been a, a very interesting change in our life. And I I can guarantee I tell people if I look back. 10 years ago and if someone would have told me that I would be 10 years ago that I'd be traveling on the road full time in an RV making YouTube videos <laughs> I would have thought are you nuts <laughs> but here we are here you we know? are yeah and and what I love about the YouTube videos is that it really has helped us build a stronger connection to our community um, because, you know, it's it's people see us and they feel like they know us. So then when they see us in a campground or something, they're not afraid to come up and say hi. And for us, that's one of the best parts 
about what we do with RV Texas, y'all, is getting to meet all these fantastic folks from all over the world. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, there's nothing like motivation when people come right up to you and go, Tom, Stacy, And, I mean, we have no idea who they are most of the time, but we want to get to know them. And it's it, it really is is awesome that to know that there's people that actually think, I guess I'm interesting. I have no idea why, but... It's because he's so sexy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so, so, you know, so then, okay, so we started the website in 2013. We started YouTube, our YouTube channel in about 2016. Um, why a podcast here in 2021? Well, you know, along the way, um, we were also, we, we got very active on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We're on our village. Um and, you know, somewhere along the way, folks started saying to us, hey, do you have a podcast? Hey, I like to listen to your videos when I'm working, or I like to listen to your videos when I'm, you know, doing something where I can't really watch them, but it, I, like, I like to hear what you have to say, you know, on those sub- subjects. And, and then it occurred to us, well, we love podcasts. We've been listening to podcasts for years. Oh, yeah. I mean... Stacy listens more than I do because when she's doing web work and stuff, she can actually listen to podcasts. When I I, I edit the videos and stuff, so I'm having to listen to the to the uh, audio on the videos. But still, when we're traveling, we love to listen to podcasts. So, uh, and we we listen to a lot of RV podcasts out there. Yes, you know? we do. There's some great ones There's, that we've enjoyed for many years. Oh, many years. And and when we're traveling, it's, you know, it's almost like if you remember the old uh, uh, tapes that you, the books. That oh, you books could, on tape or books whatever. Books on tape. Yeah, yeah when, when you would travel, you could listen to those. And and uh, the same thing with podcasts, you know. We, would, we could just binge listen to a bunch of podcasts when we were on the road and it really made time fly and we learned a lot too because there were a lot of uh of, like i said a lot of good very good rv podcast out there some podcasts about talking about working on the road and and we knew you know that one day we were going to work on the road and i guess that's the other Part of the story we should share with you is we are now full-time RVers. Uh, yeah. We had a 3,000-square-foot house uh, that we owned on the west side of Houston in one of the suburbs. And we owned a marketing company, and we sold that. We sold the house. We sold Tom's truck. We sold our cargo trailer. We gave away most of everything else we owned. We, we donated almost everything we had. But you know what? Every time we got rid of more, it just felt better. You know, the the weight, the downsizing, even though it seemed like it was going to be stressful, it ended up for me being very not stressful. I mean, the more stuff we got rid of, the easier life seemed to become. And, and uh, you know, that part of it, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. You know, and that reminds me of, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that we met during our part-time travels. Uh, we had met several full-time RVers, and uh, 
we would always, once we started thinking about it as a possibility, we would seek those people out. And if we, if we met somebody at a campground who was a full-time RVer, we'd, we'd always love to try to ask them some questions about their experience and why they were doing it and how they did it. And I remember we met a couple, they were originally from San Antonio. And I don't remember for sure how long they had been on the road. Well, I think they had been on the road a couple of years at that time. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about the couple that were both uh, retired teachers. Yes. From San Antonio. Oh, yeah, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. Um, they they were retired teachers, like we said, and they every year they went to a friend's house on Thanksgiving for a Thanksgiving party, and it was a big party. And uh, evidently this one year they were both retired. They're there, and there's a full-time couple full-time RVing couple that was at the party and everybody was just kind of sitting around listening to their story. And so they both were intrigued, but they had never even RVed before. They had not even tent camped before, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so they sat there. And, they were newly retired. Yeah. Newly retired. And, and so after the party, they're, they're driving home and, both of them in the back of their mind are going, I would love to do that. But, boy, if I bring that up, he or she's going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but evidently, one of them broke the ice, and the other one jumped on it immediately and said, we ought to do that. And by the time they got home, they decided to put their house on the market, find an RV, and live full time. <laughs> <laughs> And so they said when they got home, they called their kids and said, come get everything out of the house that you want. Of course, the kids thought, oh, come on, they're not really going to do that. And and uh, they ended up calling a realtor. Realtor comes out. They put their house on the market thinking it's going to, you know, take several months to sell. What, it sold in a couple of days? Uh, yeah, I think it was no time at all. No time at all. And now imagine... <laughs> Here their house had sold. Now their kids are going, holy crap. Now they have to call everybody to tell them, all their friends and stuff, because they always did a huge Christmas party. They had to call and tell them, well, we're not going to have a Christmas party this year because we're not going to have a house. <laughs> this just got real. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, this just got real. So they ended up, um, they had to get an RV. They didn't even have an RV. They didn't even know what kind of RV they were going to get. So they went RV shopping. They ended up buying a fifth wheel. And now they don't even have a truck to pull it. So they had to go buy a truck to pull it. And the rest is history. They got on the road. Um, and when we saw him, we said it was about two years after they went full time. And he had said the most difficult challenge for him was he had a large woodworking studio when they had their house. And it was hard for him to part with a lot of those tools that he had collected over the years. And he said he just kept amassing this ever-decreasing pile of things that he thought he would take with him that he could carry. And he was selling off parts and pieces. And he said, but with everything that he sold, he did. He felt a weight come off his shoulders. And so he said he... he as time went by, he became more comfortable with selling more and more of it. And finally, the he had a, a one piece of equipment left and then his pile that he was going to keep. And a young man came in to buy that one piece of equipment. And he told the young man, well, I tell you what, 
you can have that for what, you know, we talked about, but you need to take all this other stuff with you. <laughs> yeah, he realized he can do without it all. And so now they're two years in when we're talking to them, and we said, are y'all happy about what you any did? Any regrets? Any regrets? And they both said none whatsoever. That they had, they said, now they're over two years in. They both had been on high blood pressure and, and high cholesterol medication when they went into the full-time journey. And this is two years later, and they were off their meds. Their blood pressure and, and cholesterol was doing great. And they attributed that to a more active lifestyle. They were getting out and they were hiking and they were exploring and they were riding their bikes and they were eating healthier. They were cooking more often because yeah. they were cooking. They weren't, you know, they didn't have restaurants always nearby them, you know. And less stress too. They said they didn't. They didn't feel near as much stress. They didn't have this big house to upkeep. And, you know, they were just out there exploring life, right. you know. And and uh, so it really helped them both mentally and physically and doing something that they had no earthly idea that they'd ever end up doing. And, and you know, this is... They were part of who influenced us to, to do this. They don't even realize it. Hopefully they hear this podcast I, one day. And unfortunately, I wish I could remember their names uh, because they did leave a really lasting impression on us. Yep. And, you know, it was neat, too, because at the point that we had met them, yeah, they'd been on the road about two years. They had gotten into camp hosting, and that's why they were in the national park. It was a state park, actually, that we were camping in. Um but they had also found they had traveled up to the northeast at one point and found this little fish hatchery. Yeah. And they took such an interest in that that they had done some park hosting there, camp hosting there, where she had become a docent for the fish hatchery. And it was something that they did every year at yeah. that point. And, of course, going into all this, they had no idea what park hosting and camp hosting even was. They had no idea what RVing was. Right. But so, it was such a great fit for them. Yes. Uh, so that got us really excited, you know, also in, in thinking that this could be a possibility for us. And so now two years to our into our own uh, yeah, full-time experience. Yeah, over two years now. We went full-time uh, in November of 2018. Uh, we do not have storage. Everything that we own, except for a few pictures and some uh, paperwork, um, everything we own, we carry with us. We live, work, and travel full-time in a, a Class A diesel pusher, but it's a small Class A diesel pusher. Yep, and we chose that intentionally. We went as small as we could that we felt comfortable with so we could still fit into a lot of those state parks and a lot of the national parks. Sure, we're not going to fit into every one of them, but we we fit into a lot more uh because we are a small package. And we tow our 1999 Jeep Wrangler. Yep. And that's a great little tow vehicle. Uh, gets us around everywhere we want to go to explore. It just so happens that we had that. That's Stacy's 99 Jeep that she bought brand new back in 99. And if, for those of you that don't know, Jeep is like the number one towed vehicle. Uh, but four wheels down. Mm-hmm. Behind motorhomes, all so kinds easy. of motorhomes. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a little bit about, you know, uh, our setup right now. 
And uh, we, you know, normally like to, we like to stay in the occasional, you know, really nice RV resort. Sure. Um, we like to stay in state park campgrounds, national park, park campgrounds, Corps of Engineer parks, and everything in between. Right. Even Harvest Host. Oh, absolutely. We, that's, that's a neat thing. Look that up. We, we have it on our website, too. There, there's a very neat, they're, they're night stops. Mm-hmm. You know, usually just one night, and uh, but it could be anything from a, a winery to a brewery uh, to a golf club. Yeah. Country club. Some great options. Yeah. Uh, and then also we uh, we like to uh, to boondock or dry camp, yep. which you do at Harvest Host. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say, and I almost lost my train of thought there, was uh, in 2019, uh, we took a, uh, an extended trip. We took my mom along, who yep. on our videos, you might see her occasionally. She goes by Grammy K, and she's 80 years old this year. <laughs> and she uh, she came along with us, and we actually dry camped for 28 out of 30 days in uh, the national parks. And we also went to a big FMCA rally that year and dry camped there. And just had a phenomenal experience. Yeah, that was a that was one incredible trip. Yes, and so uh, if you follow our journey, you'll see or you'll hear about if it's here some dry camping, some full hookup spots, some RV resorts, some state parks, some national park camping. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're open to all of it. Absolutely. And we do travel with. Uh, Two fur babies, which one of them is cracking me up right now because uh, she is asleep on the couch upside down with a smile on her face. And that is our 85-pound uh, hound dog named Star. <laughs> and then we recently added a kitten to our uh, family, and he is around here somewhere. Oh, there he is. He looks like a little orange tiger, and it's Astro. Yeah. And so we, uh, we know all about camping with pets as well. And that kind of rounds out our family. Yeah, that's us. So uh, anyway, I oh, you know what? Before we go, we should tell you where we are. Yes. We are sitting here at uh, Jamaica Beach RV Resort on Galveston Island. This is a destination resort here on the Texas Gulf Coast. And we've been coming to Jamaica Beach, gosh, since 2013. Uh, it's a family-owned and operated RV park. Yeah. Four or three generations of the amazing Gustafson family live and work here. They are always busy adding some new amenity, some new feature to the park. Hardest working folks in this industry, for sure. Just amazing. They've got a mini golf course. They've got shuffleboard. They've got pickleball. They've got a nature walk. Uh, they've got a lazy river and... Uh, Two, soon to be three, swimming pools because they're building an indoor heated pool as we speak. Yeah, and we hope to bring you Ron and Dora one day on a future podcast. They are the founders of Jamaica Beach RV Resort. It's our go-to park here in Galveston. And you know what? We'll put a link in the show notes uh, to their park so that if you'd like to see more information. And we'll also put a link to, we've done several videos from this park as well if you'd like to see it. So make sure you say hi to them. We're proud to call them members of the RV Texas Y'all family. They are fantastic people, great friends, and make sure you tell them we said hi.
Thanks for joining us, y'all. For more on what we talked about this week and to find other episodes, visit the podcast page of rvtexasyall.com. Subscribe to the RV Texas Y'all podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to join us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RV Texas Y'all. Until next time, safe travels. And happy camping. Bye. Bye.